tease. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Good morning, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to this Friday uh, for your palace, your place. I'm your host, Sherry Marcucci, and I've been like having too much fun before we went on the air, so I was like not quite ready for my cue when Johnny said, and you're on. So here we are, here we are, and thank you again for tuning in um, to Your Palace, Your Place, brought to you by the Palace Theater right here in wonderful Waterbury, Connecticut. And we are always happy to come to you, bringing you some information. We hope that's fun, informative, uh, different, and unique. And today, I think we uh, we have a lot on tap with some unique people, Some uh, one who has been here before and is back by popular demand. I don't want to say that, but he really, it'll go to his head. But we will... <laughs> <laughs> well, I will introduce him a little later on in the show. I do have some things I wanted to talk to you about this morning before we uh, have our first guest on. One of which is I get this magazine at my office at the Palace, and it's called Litchfield Magazine, a great publication. There's also a Ridgefield Magazine, and I believe there might be one for Fairfield, too. Anyway, the same company um, puts it out, and I, it's just a really classy kind of looking publication and I, um, I'm looking for the publisher of this. Uh, I can't find that easily, but no matter. If you're out and about and you want to um, pick up a copy somewhere in Litchfield, I'm sure they're... Um, I'm sure they have them out in public places, or you, I think you can even subscribe to it. But um, it's published by Lit, uh, Town Vibe, is the publisher. Anyway, um, in it, I'm reading through it, and I open to this feature section called the Litchfield 25. And I, I am presuming that every year there's uh, people that are highlighted. Many magazines do this now where, you know, they pick out whether it's the 40 under 40 that Connecticut Magazine does or, you know, things of that nature. So they're featuring and spotlighting some uh, notable people. And in this Litchfield 25, it says it's the most dedicated, most creative, most influential. Every year they compile a list of local residents in Litchfield County. And now for the sixth year, they've compiled this year's selection. And lo and behold, who do I find on the second page of the feature but our own Dr. Peter Jacoby and his wife, Kristen Jacoby. Now, Peter Jacoby is uh, the board president of the Palace Theater. And Kristen, of course, is the uh, president CEO of the United Way of Greater uh, Waterbury. So I'm like, wow, they're in pretty heady company because, and the two of them certainly are deserving. I, let me say that right at the outset. Uh, so um, philanthropic, so uh, generous, just on every board you can imagine are involved in just about every cause uh, in, in uh, greater Waterbury and Litchfield County. But listen to who they're also Honoring, So they're, like I said, in Heedy Company. Marsha Mason, their goodbye girl, who apparently has a home, recently uh, made a home in Washington, uh, Connecticut. And um, she is a notable now that's living and uh, contributing to the Litchfield uh, area um, community. Um, people like actor... P. 
Peter Gallagher. Now, if you're a Broadway person, you obviously know who Peter Gallagher is. He's, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But if you also like Law and Order, uh, SVU, Special Victims Unit, yeah, which always has a plethora of New York City actors on. Um, I think I think that's why the show exists to keep them, you know, employed in, in between their stage gigs. But anyway, Peter Gallagher is off and on there. He has a recurring role, and he's also in the HBO hit series uh, Grace and Frankie. And he's very active, um, and this is interesting, in the Alzheimer's Association and the Actors Fund. Then you have people maybe not as known by their names, but, uh, you know, designers, and I'm looking at this, uh, people who, you know, have done some great work for their community, uh, Lauren and Armin Delamonica, I don't know, they're, they're um, equestrians and uh, cycling, that's their claim to fame, but I just thought, I wanted to give a shout out to our own Peter Jacoby, Dr. Peter Jacoby, and his wife, Kristen Jacoby, who do so much for our community and say, well-deserved for this honor. And uh, and there's a, even, and I did get an invitation to this, but unfortunately, and I'm not, I'm not able to go, there's a little cocktail reception next week in Washington Depot. Doesn't that sound fun? Um, you know, oh, <laughs> my guest here is like miming, he's going. Anyway, um, so... Well-deserved, Kristen and Peter. I also want to talk a little bit um, about something exciting. And if you're a listener of this program, then you've been a part of what I'm going to talk about, and it's uh, being born, I guess, or it's creation. Uh, a while back, we started a, a segment of the show called Second Act, and our inspiration for that and our first guest in that segment was... Um, Nancy, um, oh my goodness, Nancy. <laughs> I forgot Nancy's name. <laughs> oh my goodness, Nancy Schuler. Oh, geez. Anyway, um, Nancy Schuler um, was someone I met and um, just heard her story, and she was so fascinating. I said, let's be a guest on our show. And then I thought, let's have a segment called Second Act. Well, then an idea was another idea was born, and I thought second act could be yes, a little bubble upside. A second act could possibly be an actual series, like a speaker series, so to speak. <laughs> no, no pun intended. Where we featured different people who had a really interesting second act story, something they're doing after maybe the initial, you know, part of life where you know you have your children or you have your career and now you're doing something you're passionate about, something you've always dreamt of doing, uh, something that's inspiring to other people. So we put a series together called Second Act. I do want to thank um, our funder, which is the Connecticut Community Foundation for the initial funding to get this off the ground. Um, the, the series begins in September, but the exciting part is that tickets are going on sale this 
this Monday. And there's a uh, series of nine presentations. It's going to be held in our Poli Club at the Palace. And for those who have been there, you know the space. It's a nice, intimate um, setting for something like this. And there'll be uh, either a dinner or a lunch, depending on the time of day. Each each one is uh, some mo- the majority are on uh, in the evening. So there'll be a light uh, supper uh, accompanying this. But um, a couple of them are on Saturday afternoons. So um, if you think you might be interested in attending, the first one is, I'll just give you a sense of some of these um, presentations. It's from the boardroom to the bandstand. And it features a man named of Tom the Suit Forrest. Now, Tom now is a musician, but in his uh, earlier iteration, he was a corporate executive. So he his story is fascinating because he's going to talk about how his goal was always to return to his first passion and love, being a musician. But he had a plan, and he and his wife were on board with the plan, and I don't want to give away his story, but he set his path so he could return to his first love. And he is in September, on September 17th at 6 p.m. He's going to tell his story, but his story is going to rock because he's going to not only tell his story, he's going to play his story. So I invite you to um, check out Second Act on the Palace Theater's website, palacetheaterct.org, to get more information and know that uh, the tickets do go on sale Monday. And as I said, there's a series once a month, nine presentations. So excited about this. So um, that's my second act for right now. And my first act this morning actually is a woman who I've known for, oh God, a good 15 years now. Um, I've known of her probably longer than that. And um, I'm happy to welcome this morning to your palace, your place, Joanne Greco Rockman. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Sherry. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. That's and you good. sound like you're in great shape. <laughs> I'm, I, I try, Joanne, I try. For those of you who may not know the name, Joanne Rockman is a, a theater reviewer of note. She uh, always has pieces in the Republican American uh, weekend section or art section. Uh, she covers everything from community theater to equity productions, the Schubert, Long Wharf, uh, the Palace, of course, uh, as well as as, you know, Phoenix Stage and the Warners uh, Community, um, uh, Thomaston, uh, Landmark Community Theater. So, Joanne, you're all over Newtown. I know you do. But my questions start at the very beginning. Sounds like a song, doesn't it, Joanne? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I want to know how how you started and, and, and where your interest is. And I know the answer to that, but our audience, I think, might be interested. Like, where did this desire uh, and passion for theater begin for you? That's such a good question, Sherry, because I, I love writing. That's always been my thing. Theater, school, painting, those are my things. It's always been about the arts. But theater, um, well... It all really started, I was very young. My dad is, uh, I'm sorry, my dad was a muralist, and often he would design sets uh, for different local groups. And whenever I went down into his uh, studio, 
I never would know what I would find. You know? <laughs> so it was always kind of exciting as a kid. Um, and of course, we did a lot of theater. And, um, and right from grammar school, I started uh, doing theater. I was in every play uh, right through high school. Um, and so that really had a big, uh, a big influence on my life. Sure. Uh, especially um, because I used to sing. I had a beautiful voice. My mom used to, uh, just in our house, there was always music. My mom sang opera while she was doing the dishes. My oh. dad sang everything, loved country uh, music. So there was always a lot of that going on in the house. So um, I think that lent to me uh, being so into the arts, and this, oh, especially sure. theater. Well, theater um, really came about... You know, many years ago, and I'm really dating myself, but I used to sing, and I would always get the lead roles uh, in school uh, because I could, all the musical lead roles, because I could sing well, Mm -hmm. and actually was um, being prepped for NBC's Star Time Kids, and I I used to take lessons with Bobby Rydell and Connie Francis, and the the three of us, uh, Connie Francis, uh, Bobby, and I would stand around the piano, and, and our voice teacher would get us going. That is fascinating, my... Joey. <laughs> you just like <laughs> drop that right into the conversation, like Bobby Rydell. Well, Bobby Rydell and Connie Francis and the three of us. I mean, it was really a lot of fun, but it was just before I was to make uh, my debut on TV. I remember my mom was holding my hand because I do believe at the time... Now, this was in New York, and it was busy, and we're about to cross the street. There was a traffic light, and it was red. But when it turned, uh, when the signal went on for us to cross, I didn't. I held my mom back, and she said, what's the matter? And I said, I don't want to be a singer. I want to be a writer. And, and this is like at 11 years old, I think it was, you know. So she said, well, okay, if that's what you really want. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was really interesting. We got back on the train and came home, and and I think oh you know, my god! So you didn't you didn't do the TV show? I did not do the TV show. Wow! Went right through all of the training and all of the rehearsals, and it wasn't stage fright. It just I just knew that that was a turning point in my life. Wow! And um and I and I actually got published when I was eight years old. And when I realized that um, I could reach so many people uh, mm. by writing, I mean, that just cinched it. So it was like, yeah, so how, how did I get into theater? Well, you know, always being in theater was, was one of my uh, training uh, background. It was part of my training background. In college, I actually uh, went to college at Southern Connecticut, uh, oh. now uh, State College for I wanted to be a secondary uh, English teacher. Okay. But, uh, that I sort of follows suit then. Pardon? That follows suit if you wanted to be a writer. That sort of, well, that, of that makes sense. Well, of course. But so then um, I actually had to take a course in theater production, and Southern did not offer it, so I had to take it at Yale. And uh, that was the great irony in my life because it was such a grueling, grueling course. As an English major, I was doing term papers left and right, but uh, play production, uh, my professor had, he required us to do everything to spec, lights, sound, uh, stage, costumes, all of it. And in order to pass the course, uh, we had to actually uh, direct a play at a theater and... um, 
And I remember at, there were times when I would actually cry, and I kept on thinking, why am I doing this? I'm never going to need this course. <laughs> but that is one of life's ironies. Um, and, and so that's certainly um, got me very involved. When I started, when I had to direct a play at a theater, I really started to enjoy it a lot. And um, I went from being on stage to, oh my goodness, directing shows. So the best part of my story as a theater critic, I guess, is that not only do I have a really strong background in uh, theater theory, but I've done it. Yeah, <laughs> you sure all. have. And Joanne, that's fascinating because I knew that you had been a performer. You had shared that with me in one of our conversations. Uh, but I did not know that you had also directed and understood um, the machinations. But, you know, I find when I read your reviews that you do give a, uh, uh, the kudos to the people who designed the lighting plot and the set and the costumes. And now... You know, I understand better why that is because you you really appreciate from that side of it what goes into it. When I was uh, first offered my, I I was working at a newspaper when the theater critic and the publisher got into a very heated argument, and the theater uh, critic was so angry and he just said I quit and he slammed the door and walked out. Now mind you, because I was so into theater, I was direct once I started directing, I continued directing. And my husband had made for me this wonderful jacket with the theater masks on the back of it. Oh. Everybody everybody at the newspaper knew that I was into theater. Okay. So when this former critic happened to slam the door and walk out of the office, guess who was standing? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about being right. in the right place at the right time. That's correct. And all of this does play a huge role in all of our lives, yes. being in the right place at the right time. Yep. And my publisher said, Joanne, get in here. <laughs> You're now the new theater critic. And it was like, I remember driving home with my knees shaking because I was so thrilled. To, oh, my God. Oh. I'm going to be a theater critic, but I take it very seriously. I know that you do. I know I, that you do. I mean, I, in, even in your prep and, you know, when you and I have conversations, you're you're pretty diligent in wanting background and information. And, um, and I think that's to your credit. And, you know, being a critic of anything is kind of a thankless job at times, I'm sure, because oh, yeah. you're trying to be fair and unbiased and, um, you know, just kind of share with the readers who you're, you know, of the publication you're writing for why they should or shouldn't want to attend uh, a certain performance. So that must be that must be tough because I know now that, especially now that you've shared um, more about your background that you 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 have a love and appreciation for the work that's being done. So to maybe n- not always have something positive must must be hard. Well, it, it's so much harder for me. It pains me to uh, have to write sure. anything negative. Sure. And I try to do it in a way that is not hurtful. Yes, yes. Uh, I think a lot of people in the theater have thin skins. Oh, and, yeah, sure. Um, and I know that because I've gotten some letters that would really make you. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, you know, it's. I think that's very true. I mean, they say you have to have a thick skin to be in the business, but right. the truth of the matter is most performers don't. 
and they right. have very fragile egos. And yes. uh, so um, kudos to you that you take that into consideration. You're trying to be oh, kind, with, um, but truthful to your readers. Um, as, but most of the time, at least in the landscape you're reviewing, you have such a wealth of talent to that gets presented. I, I think overall, Connecticut is pretty fortunate in the quality we have a great quantity, but also in the quality, whether it's professional theater, equity theater, whether it's community theater, we we have a, a pretty high bar, I think, overall. Would would you agree with that? No, absolutely. Yeah. I would agree with that. You know, through the years, I've been I've been a critic for a lot of years, and I have seen uh, seen theaters rise to the rise to that bar yes. and and become really they keep on knocking out these amazing productions yes um yeah. and 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 it's really it's such a joy to see that you know i think that theater uh really theater makes people think uh, it's so important it connects us to the issues of the world and absolutely and, absolutely you know, it's, it's just uh, it makes you laugh it makes you cry the actors um, put everything out there on the stage, uh, and and so of course it has to be taken seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and and you know what, Sherry, everybody's a critic. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, and so I say true. That, I say that in a good way. Yes. Every member in the audience walks out of a show with their own critique. Yeah. And and it's like. The only difference with me is that I put my opinion on the line. Yes. And. Yeah. Um, but I know that theaters work hard uh, to, I know what goes on in putting on a production, and I know they work hard to, to actually um, make the best show for audiences, and, and yes. they're doing such a great job of it. Well, Joanne, it's been, you know, a delight. And I've wanted you on, You, I mean, I can say this out loud for years and right. since we've been doing this show. And our schedules and your schedule, because you're also a, a, a adjunct professor at Sacred Heart University, right? That is correct. Yeah, so you're a busy, busy lady. But I, I really want to thank you for being a part of our show this morning. And um, I would, you know, the door is open to come back in the future because I know you have a lot more to say and that would be of interest to our audience. So um, enjoy the rest of your Friday. I appreciate you coming on this morning, and I will be talking to you very, very soon. Thank you, Sherry. You're welcome. Thanks, Joanne. That was Joanne Rockman, uh, local uh, theater critic for the Republican American newspaper, as well as uh, she has, I know, a blog, and uh, you can see her work in, in other publications. We are going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to be back with one of your most requested repeat guests, and that is Stuart Brown for our new segment called Stump Stew. So <laughs> So stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. And we are back with your palace, your place. I'm your host, Sherry Marcucci, and I am so thrilled to have my our next guest uh, here in studio. And he has been a fun guest in the past, and it is our own treasure who uh, is right across the street from the Palace Theater. Uh, in his role is Dean. You know, I'm never going to be able to go back to work today. Yeah, you're <laughs> never going to be able to back because well, you wear so many hats, do. But it's Stuart Brown and Stuart Stew. 
I am so happy to have you here. So thank you for being a part of your Palisher Place again. Always, always a pleasure to come here and speak with you. Yeah, he, he you know what the truth of the matter is? He'll send me emails saying, when am I going to be on again? When am I going to be on? <laughs> yeah, I thought we talked about a weekly segment. What, what happened? <laughs> well, that'd be interesting because we're only on twice a month. I don't but, care. You know, you can t- <laughs> I'll be on weekly. <laughs> but Stu, I, and I'm jesting, but you are somebody who, oh, don't look at the questions, Stu, <laughs> no cheating here, Stu. You know, Stu is somebody who has just a wealth of knowledge, and I tease, I call him the savant like Stu Brown, but you really are amazing. And to be fair, now last year I had uh, two guests on for this trivia segment, Ralph Cantito and you, and Ralph was going to be with us today, but he had to start his vacation early, so um, he he kind of left us in the lurch. So he could avoid another confrontation. <laughs> he, I think you scared him off. Is really now, and then Ralph, if yeah, you're did, listening, did, didn't <laughs> didn't he take that vacation in that island in the middle of nowhere just to? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, so you got to be uh, all by yourself, and I know you don't mind that, but not only is Stu, and, and again, I, I want to be serious for a minute, not only is Stu, you know, uh, um, pro, not a professor, but you're a dean over at UConn. Are you a professor, too? No, no. I, I teach a, a freshman seminar. Okay. But, that's but you're really, a dean, dean of student uh, affairs, student you know, business over there, whatever you do. I do everything. <laughs> but um, And we've become friends. So it's kind of fun. But Stu has also just become, I just learned this in in the um, reception area, the new president, newly installed president of the Connecticut Critics Circle. And Stu is always dashing off to New York or, you know, seeing theater in Connecticut. Um, So, you know, you really are somebody with credentials. I'd like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) And but your biggest credential is you are a lover of theater. Yes, I, I do love theater, and uh, I do go to New York a lot because I'm a member of the Outer Critics Circle. So there are three yes. main awards groups. So there's the Tony Awards, which everyone knows about, and then there's the Drama Desk and Outer Critics. So I go between Connecticut and New York, I think probably about 70 productions a year. Wow. So uh, you wow. Know, last week I was, last week or the week before, I had three off-Broadway shows in New York, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I came back, and there was actually a Thursday matinee up at the Sharon Playhouse. Drove up there, and then drove all the way down to Ridgefield to the uh, Act uh, Connecticut Theater. Oh Company. yes, that's new, right? Oh, gore, I mean, gorgeous theater. Yeah. Uh, to see Mamma Mia. Yeah. And then yeah. I went home. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's 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 fair to say that um, you are more than the average theater goer. You are. It's a your passion. I've been doing this since really since freshman year in high school. And, when, and you have a podcast which I I want to make sure we talk about called On Broadway. Right. So right now I'm I have a weekly radio show on WRTC at Trinity College, and I also podcast it. So yep. you can go to my uh, my website, which is Broadway Radio Programs dot com, and there's a link there, and also on my blog, uh, which is 
stewonbroadway.blogspot.com. And uh, I've actually, last week, I just started loading a link to the podcast on my blog to make it easier for people. Oh, that's great. And you've been doing that for like 25 years. For a long time. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's definitely, you're, you're a knowledgeable person. And my goal today is to knock you off your throne. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we are going to play Stump Stew this morning. And I invite our call, our listeners to call in 203 757-1320. If you have a question that you think would stump stew and you have a chance to win a pair of tickets to an upcoming uh, production in the Webster Broadway series of the Palace Theater that begins in October with The Illusionist live from Broadway. So, Stu, while we're waiting to see if anybody uh, listening has something they can stump you with. Wait, wait, let me get my phone I so I can, I, can, I can Google this. Okay, I'm going to start with, I think, probably um, an easy one for you. Let's just, um, let's just see how knowledgeable you really are. What is the designated seating capacity for a theater to be considered a Broadway theater? And I figured you might know this. I'm going to say 499. (laughs) So close, but no cigar. 399? No, you were closer the other way. It's 500. 500 seats. I'm sorry, or more. but in math, you are allowed to round out. So 499 would become 500. Well, you know, because there's another designation. So, what's the designation to be considered an off-Broadway theater? Boy, these From aren't what to what? These aren't trivia questions. These are uh, <laughs> Well, for uh, for an off-Broadway theater to to be, I mean, the minimum for an off-Broadway? Yeah, it's a range. It goes from this number to this number to be considered an off-Broadway theater. Mm, I'd say 199 to 299. Mm, uh, oh, the, uh, uh, keep going. Try again. I, I'm not Alex Trebek, so I'm not going to take your, you know. Oh, I don't think people care about well, this. Okay, well, it's 100 to 499 It's close. Okay, you're close. And um, let's see. Uh, okay, and what row? We have a caller? Oh, we have a caller. So, all right, caller. Uh, good morning. Good morning, caller. What's your first name? Uh, Dan. Thank you for joining us. And you have a question for... Uh, yes, yes, I do. I... Uh, I hope you don't mind, but I uh, stumped Ralph Cantito with this question, and uh-huh. so I'd like to use the same question. Oh, that's right, fair. That's and fair. See if uh, Doctor Stu can um, answer this one. Okay. Uh, which Broadway show had an actual swimming pool on stage? We had this one. Well, you're actually talking about one of my favorite cast albums. <laughs> And, and there's two answers to that question. So Wish You Were Here was the Broadway show, but then the Stephen Sondheim musical The Frogs, which never made it to Broadway, but I think that also had a pool. You know what? I, I wasn't able to stump you. You were right. We now, who starred, right? in, who starred in Wish Sheila You Were Here? Sheila Bond. Right. Uh, Jack Cassidy. Yep. And um, I can't remember the... The other uh, female lead. Okay. All right. That's good. 
Well, yep. <laughs> you didn't stump Stu, so unfortunately, no tickets for you. But <laughs> okay. But thank you for calling in, and if you have another one, feel free to call back. I in will. The, in okay. the meantime, well, can I ask a question now? I mean, oh, this, you want This ask? is like a real question, not you know, oh, not seating capacities. The real okay, go all right. So a lot has been made of Lin Manuel Miranda to see if he would ever get what's called the EGOT, which is winning an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. I knew that. Okay, okay. but only two people mm-hmm. have ever won the PGOT, which is Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, and Pulitzer Prize. Name one or both of those individuals. <laughs> you, you're turning to moi? <laughs> I didn't pretend to okay, be the well, maybe, expert, maybe, uh, yeah. well, well, why don't we let that linger out there listener. in the, yeah, and yes. see if anyone, and you can't Google it. That's if, not fair. Yeah, well, how do you patrol that so, these days? I know. But, you know, so if a somebody, lot of, there have been a lot of EGOTs, but only two PGOTs. <laughs> so it's Emmy, Oscar, Tony, uh, Grammy, Grammy, and, and Pulitzer. And Pulitzer. So um, if somebody's listening and thinks they know the answer to that, 203-757-1320, and you could win a pair of tickets okay. to an upcoming Broadway series show at the Palace Theater in Waterbury. All right, hit me with your next one. All right, hit me with my best shot. Okay. Okay. Um, what 1926 play <laughs> ran for a year before New York's deputy police commissioner charged the theater company with lewdness and the corruption of youth. What was the name of the play and who was either the star or the, I'm, I think the star. Okay, you have to remember I'm a Broadway musical person. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I, so, uh, the, the, the 1926. 1926. Lewdness. Lewdness. Yep. Yeah, the the um, and it, uh, just to give you the storyline, it was the story of a Montreal prostitute. Okay. So, well, see, it's interesting because two years ago on Broadway there was a show entitled Indecent, mm-hmm. which is sort of the same type of thing mm-hmm. um, and it, it dealt well it dealt with with that and and it was closed and uh, it, it was a very sad story it started at Yale Rep went yeah. to, to Broadway uh, in fact uh, Katrina Link who won the Tony this past year for the boy um, the band's visit was one of the stars okay in that. okay yada 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 you well, try to, you know, try to, we to oh, are we out of time I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will I will say I'm you have to ask me Broadway musical questions. All right. Well, then you don't know the answer. But you can tell, or, or if you want an audience member, but if you want to uh, give no, us the I'm answer. I'm going to tell you what the answer okay. is. It was the play called Sex by Mae West. Ah. So she was, you know, kind of the... Uh, she was. Yeah, she was. All right. Let me... Okay. Let's go to the musicals then. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. What is the name of the revival... That won the most Tony Awards in 2008. And it was nominated. I don't know how many it was nominated for, but it won seven. I will say Chicago. And... (laughs) Was that a... a a, a yes? No. Nope. Or was that a no? That was a no. The answer okay, is... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Why don't you give me a hint? Okay, a hint. Okay. Well, this show, let's see, starred 
the mother of the former star of Dallas in its original iteration. Oh, South Pacific. Yay. That was Mary Martin, of course, and her son was Larry Hagman. Now name the only Broadway musical that Larry Hagman was in. Oh, yeah. here You you, you gave me this in an email, but I don't know that. Okay. I, I don't remember what you said. Okay. Are we going to just leave that out there for a listener again? Or, uh, no. no, but... Called the nervous set. Okay. Um, on that note, because I'm feeling nervous now, I think we need to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more fun trivia in our Stump Stew segment. So stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. And we are back with your palace, your place, and we're stumping stew like crazy. Uh, and a stew is Stuart Brown, theater critic, president of the Connecticut Critic Circle, Outer Critic Circle member, and all kinds of things. Stu, you have a question that you want to stump our audience with, so shoot. All right, so everyone knows Rodgers and Hammerstein, and probably most people know that before Richard Rodgers hooked up with Oscar Hammerstein, he had uh, his uh, friend Larry Hart, uh, Rodgers and Hart. And even if I thought if, that was the question, I was like, no, I know this. No. <laughs> <laughs> and even if Richard Rodgers never teamed up with Oscar Hammerstein, he would still be one of the giants just between the uh, Rodgers and Hart musicals. So. In one of the Rodgers and Hart's musicals, and at the time, uh, sometimes producers would ask another composer to bring a song and put it into a show, but the composer, composing team, might not know. So, Florence Ziegfeld um, had, uh, was producing a show by Rodgers and Hart, and the star of that show was a little nervous, so asked her friend, Irving Berlin to write a song. And the song he wrote was called Blue Skies. And when that song was performed, the audience went wild. I mean, it is one of the all-time greatest songs. And the audience is applauding. And who stands up to take a bow? Irving Berlin. Well, you have Rodgers and Hart and the audience going, what is going on? Name the show that Blue Skies originated from Rogers and Hart. Who was the, can you tell us the actress who asked him? I cannot remember, but that, that's sort oh. of not important. Oh, that's not important. I thought it's more, no, 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 no. Okay. It would be so what, what Rogers and Hart show had the Irving Berlin song, Blue Skies. Hmm. You'll never get it. I will never get it. <laughs> I concede. I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you've Rogers never, Follies. No, you've never, even, you've never even heard of the show. Oh, I'm such a babe. I know. <laughs> I'm not just. <laughs> so would you like me to tell you or do you want to, again, well, have. Do we, I don't know. Do you want to give anybody well, a people, chance? Yeah, sure. They can, well, you know, they'll and, probably and Google it. And just remember that we need to give the answer if we don't get a and I, caller. Give the number again. What? The phone number. Phone number. 203-757-1320 if you think you have a chance okay. of getting this All right. answer. All right. So I'm, I'm ready. Gonna, all right. So I want to be fair and I wanted to ask you a couple that I think are more in line with uh, where your your knowledge base is. Good. I, 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 I don't know this. Is. I don't know this. I haven't <laughs> memorized how many seats in every Broadway theater. Okay. So. Okay. I'm never going to get over this. Um, okay. So, who was the only director to win a Tony? Now, here we go with the EGOT, uh, uh, not EGOT, but Tony, Oscar, and an Emmy in the same year, which... Bob Fosse. Oh, oh, 
Okay. I don't even have to give you hints. And he got he won the two Tonys for what show? Um, in direction and choreography for what show in 1973? Come on, you know this. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm drawing. I know, I know, I know, you know you I know, know I know, but I'm drawing a blank for a second. Okay, um, it'll come because I know you know this. I know. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, yeah, I'll let me. All right, we'll go back. Let the, to that. Let the brain. Uh, yeah, let the brain because it's it's our it's our. I know, you the, know it's our you know senior brain. I know the movie was Cabaret. Uh, that's that was my next question. The Oscar was Cabaret and an Emmy for another TV production. You know this. I probably had to do something with Liza. Yes. Like Liza with a Z. That's exactly right. Liza with, yeah. Do you, did you, I mean, <laughs> I was probably, I don't know, 17 when that came out. I would be dancing around with that album, singing my heart out, thinking I was Liza. Oh, it wasn't that a great time. That was a great time for musical theater. It was. Yeah, a lot it of great really shows. Was. It was. Yeah, that great show from 1973. I can't remember. Um, hip, hip. <laughs> Hooray. No, <laughs> trying to play like match game. Oh. You? It begins with a P. Okay. Charlemagne. Pippin. Mm-hmm. Pi- Pippin. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez, I'm spoon feeding now, Stu. This is not- hip hip. Pip. Pip? Oh, Pip Pip. You know, I said Hip Pip, like you yeah. get the alliterative. Uh, see, you should have just said Ben Vereen. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. John well, that would have been too easy. Oh, I love him. Loved, loved him. Okay. Now, I have a question for you. I told you I was going to ask you a question, and I have an ulterior motive. So, do you know a play that was produced and ran for, I believe, 24 performances in 1985, a play featuring eight women, okay, an ensemble piece, by P.J. Barry. By P.J. Barry? Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Pan Redux? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is kind okay. of obscure. Kind of? But okay. it was on Broadway. It was on Broadway. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you said there was a reason you were asking me this? There is a reason. Okay. Oh, I wanted to tell our listeners and um, do a little pre-self-promotion, um, I guess, because... Oh, this was the basis of the Book of Mormon that's coming to uh, the palace? No! Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was it, not the palace, but actually one of our, um, one of our uh, theaters locally, uh, Phoenix Stage, is producing... And by the way, we're going to have somebody on in our next uh, show to talk about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is... Um, going to go up uh, in the next uh, week or so, I think. Um, but Phoenix Stage is producing a show in September called the Octet Bridge Club. Oh, I actually saw that. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. Well, guess what? What? I'm in it. <laughs> well, maybe that'll be. Oh well. Wait, what's the date? I'm gonna. I marketed. <laughs> I marketed on my calendar right now. You really saw that? I did. I, I keep all my. I have all my playbills. I have playbills oh, going back from 1972. Bring, will you please find it. I would love to see it. 
Okay. Okay. But I, I am very blessed and fortunate, and I'm not trying to be bragging. I'm very excited because I have done some limited um, things over the years, uh, in the recent years, but I, it's something I want to do in my second act and get back into uh, being more regular with that. So I am thrilled and thank Agnes, Dan, and um, Ed, Ed over at Phoenix for this opportunity. So, All right, so let me give you one more. Okay, but we have like three minutes. So oh, this is a neat. Well, this okay. is okay. Okay. So the question there's this multi part. How many musicals have won the Pulitzer Prize? And out of those musicals, three never won the Tony Award for Best Musical that year. So name just one of them that. Oh boy. So how many musicals have won the Tony? I mean the Pulitzer for Best Musical. What was the first to win Best the Pulitzer? What was the last? Many, many parts to this. Wow. The I, last is, is kind of like a gimme. The what is like a gimme? The what? So the last musical to win the Pulitzer Prize. Oh. Well, the one Hip, that, hip. <laughs> that's not a hint. Think, think, his, is, think history. Well, I'm thinking Hamilton. Hamilton, yes. Okay. And the, and the very first. One. Actually, the other one is uh, um, American history, politics. 1776? No, 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 no. Going back way, way, way further. Oh. Gershwin's. Oh. Oh. Over here? No. Over here. Is that a play or a song? Just a song? I'm not sure. That was a 1975 musical by the Sherman Brothers, which actually there's a good trivia question there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know I was... Well, actually, it's the answer, because um, well, I was going to say, and speaking of, because I'm going to see Grease tonight at Ivory Tim, and a lot of people think John Travolta was in the Broadway production of Grease. He was never in the Broadway production. What Broadway musical was he in? Uh, I don't... Uh, you just said it. I did? Over here? Over here. Oh, over here. Okay. It has a great but, song, Dream but, Drumming. All right, but what's the answer to the... Oh, to the multi-part question? Okay, nine musicals have won the Pulitzer. The first was Of The I Sing Oh. by the Gershwins. Okay. And the three musicals that uh, won Pulitzer that never won the Tony were Sunday in the Park with George in 1985, oh, Stephen Sondheim, yeah. Next to Normal in 2010, mm. and Of The I Sing. Why didn't, there's a special reason why Of The I Sing did not win the Tony for Best Musical. We only have a minute left. Tell us. And then I have <laughs> because, to close the show. Okay, because there was no Tony Award back in 1932. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. And I just learned something. that w w The Booth Theater is named after the um, brother of John Wilkes Booth. Did you know that? Ooh. I know. Who built the Music Box Theater? Oh, I know that. I know that. I remember that from my research for our last <laughs> show. But I tell us quickly. Irving Berlin. Yes. And this has been another crazy edition of Your Palace, Your Place. I hope you're entertained by the show that comes to you usually twice a month, the first and third Friday of each month. In August, we only have one show, and that's going to be an exciting live broadcast 
on August 17th at the open house for the Osier Lifelong Learning Institute at Yukon Waterbury, where you'll get to meet the, the fascinating maybe I can come. Maybe I can come downstairs and I, maybe you can. I could take over the show. And if you want to hear all about the Palace Theater, please log on to our website, palacetheaterct.org, or call our box office at 203-346-2000. We've got a great Broadway season coming up. The Illusionist, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Legally Blonde, uh, Book of Mormon. Mormon, Chicago, and Tap Dogs. So I hope you join us and stay tuned when your local news is coming up next. And Steve Knoxon for Talk of the Town. Do something you love with someone you love that involves the arts this weekend. And we'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole